Thank you for tuning in to our fourth episode of this podcast series. So today's episode is going to be the last episode for um, this set. So it's four episodes total. So if you have listened to our three previous episodes, thank you so much for tuning in to our fourth one. Um, Because this is the last episode, we're just going to go ahead and jump straight into our questions. What is being Asian American to us? Okay. And if it doesn't really mean anything to us, that's Mm -hmm. fine too. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you want me to go ahead? If you would like to start. Okay. Um, For me, being Asian American has been kind of confusing because uh, whenever I used to say Asian American in front of my peers... um, they would use that as like so you're you're Asian like they would almost use it to kind of separate me from all other Americans because they kind of use it as a like a, to add it on so not only are you just American you're an Asian American that's different from every other American I can't just be American I have to have that added on which I felt like that was weird to me and same thing with my dad he doesn't like being called Asian American he doesn't like to be called American. He says, I'm Korean. I have citizenship, but I'm I'm Korean. He's a modern ultimately. Asian. Yeah, he's a modern Asian. <laughs> oh, but, like, um, same thing. I think that kind of maybe been passed on to me because now I don't feel comfortable with just Asian American. I'll go along with it because that is kind of what I am. You know, I do have citizenship. Um, I, I do live in America. I am Korean, so I guess I am Asian American. But um, the way that it's been used... Uh, when I conversate with my peers, is it makes me slightly uncomfortable. So I don't fully align with the term Asian American. That's my take. I thought it was a question. <laughs> what does being Asian American mean to you? I'm, I'm about to get real dark, so it's funny. Okay, I guess I should go first, right? So for me, I don't really know what being an Asian American means to me. I mean, I think I've always thought of it as like a very literal in that I'm Asian and I live in America so I'm Asian American but um, I think part of the reason why I don't know what it means to me to be an Asian American is because I live in a predominantly Asian area so it's like I'm Asian but it's like I'm just an Asian person living in an area that speaks English so it's like is it am I like it's just I guess it's confusing in that perspective. So I don't I personally don't know what it means to be Asian American. I'm just Asian that happens to live in an American city. I think being Asian American is really interesting just because we don't really have an es- established identity. Um, but I think what being Asian American in a technical terms is just being part of a larger dynamic of diasporic moving, right? We all have our reasons of being here, right? Um, Tracy, you identify as Vietnamese, right? Yeah. The reason why you're here is the war, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Jamie, you're probably also here because of the war. Partly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then I'm here because my parents were really poor and, well, my mom was really poor in China and so they wanted to move. And so I think in the larger scheme of things, like, I don't know, I just kind of see myself as a larger po- political role of, like, colonialism and stellar colonialism. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, like, my idea. But in terms of, like, per- like individual identity, like, 
what is Asian American, right? Like, what is identity? How is identity developed? And what is what is authentic identity? Right? And there's no such thing as authenticity. Like, everything that we come to know is really just influenced by societal, like, norms and societal meaning. Sorry, it got real dark. <laughs> but this is literally what I talk about with my friends. Like, <laughs> it's very philosophical. But like, but seriously though, like, what is identity, right? Like, what what does it mean to be of Asian American? What does it mean to be American? Like, what about Native Americans? What about like the white settler Americans that came to America like three hundred years ago, right? right? And so like, there's no real definition for it. It's really whatever you just feel, you know. Mm-hmm. And what else everyone else in that same group feels, right? Yeah. I mean, that's also just how you're racialized as well, I feel Right, like. exactly, yeah. yeah like, like you said, right, you're like, oh, like, why can't I just be American, mm-hmm. right? That's a larger sense of, like, this foreigner, perpetual foreigner. Exactly. That, like, we have, like, that, are, that Asian, Asians are constantly, like, being racialized mm-hmm. and also lumped together, so... There's obviously a difference between Asian Americans and Asian, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not we just get racialized together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Maybe not. not maybe not here mean. though. But like, definitely like in the Midwest or the East Coast, like they're all the same. Everyone's the same. Yeah. I'm from Florida, and actually, it's like out there, it's weird because they kind of look at you different because it's the South. And basically, a lot of Asians there, they kind of try to become white. It's really weird. Like, my family, when we were first out there, it was weird because they kind of, when in school, they kind of, like, wanted me to say, oh, I'm American, not Filipino. So over there, it was kind of, try to be American as white as you can. But over here, it's more comfortable because there's so much more of us here. Yeah, and so I think that's a really good point because I think that it's also the larger structure of API folks needing to assimilate the dominance of white supremacy and whiteness in order to really fit in and, like, assimilate to um, like the broader structures of like white supremacy you know um, yeah I, I can go to the queer theory if you want me to if you want it's up to you no it's fine that's, that's a topic <laughs> for another time um, I don't know that we're gonna have another time for this project so I mean we could do something after graduation okay, just brief know. summary of queer theory <laughs> queer theory does not necessarily mean like LGBT folks. It does not mean people who are heterosexual or who are homosexual. It just means people who are not in a dominant norm. So white middle class people, right? It's cisgendered people, right? And so a single mother, single black mother from Detroit, right? They are technically queer because they're not from the dominant structure, right? And so there's a newly emerging politics of LGBT politics, which is white middle class cisgendered gays and lesbians mm-hmm. who want to assimilate to the normal society. So think of gay rights, right? Equal marriage, right? Equal marriage is not a queer politics because we don't, they, queer people don't really want marriage. Like, marriage is a very like heteronormative and cisgendered idea of like relationships. And it's an LGBT politics that like differs and that wants to assimilate. And that's kind of similar to what is happening with a lot of like API folks is that they need to like to assimilate towards whiteness and associate yourself with whiteness instead of blackness. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Because, like, let's be real, Asian people hate black people. Mm-hmm. That's just blunt. Like, like down there especially, like, it's yeah. a big fact. Like, out there, like, you see so many, like, Filipino people only go after white girls because that's what they're told to do. They're told to become, like, 
get that white girl, mm-hmm. have that white Filipino family, have mm-hmm. those good, nice ass kids. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's it's good. And that goes back to American colonialism in, in the Philippines. Um, yeah. And like American appraisal in the Philippines. Uh, the Philippines had their own language, like written language too. But now in the Philippines, they teach mainly English. And that's because of American colonialism after Spanish colonialism. So like effects, larger structures of like white supremacy. Yeah. I actually wanted to relate that to something else. Um, so I really wanted to talk about like ABGs and like that whole like thing and like the very like specific look of an ABG and I was thinking about it and it's like the the blonde hair, right? The bleached hair, the Define ABG. Oh sorry. ABG is an Asian baby girl. Um, they I don't know how how to explain them very well, but like essentially it's it's a girl who is um, Asian kind of ex spoiled a little bit. A little bit, I would say a little bit promiscuous. Mm-hmm. Um or I deserve the world, so give it to me. Yes, those kinds of like attitudes. I, th- I think ABGs also have a tendency though to like fit into the stereotype of what American media portrays Asians. Yeah, I was gonna get to that. Yeah, yeah. especially Asian women being yeah. um, hypersexual, mm-hmm. um, and so in relationship to like colorism and like wanting to be closer to whiteness, changing their physical appearance. Um, whether through um, temporary or permanent modifications to appear closer to white, right? So that's bleaching the hair so that it's it's lighter or it's blonde. Um, like adding eyelashes, I would say, is moving closer to whiteness. Um, the obsession with like double eyelids instead of monolids. Um, extending their nose bridge, changing their face structure, things like that, you know? Um, and it, it's just essentially an effort to be wider so that they're more accepted but are we ever really going to be accepted regardless of like what we do mm-hmm. and so I think as an Asian Asian American community we need to recognize that like it doesn't matter how close to whiteness we become that's not going to help our situation mm-hmm. would you say that ABG is the modern dragon lady Oh, that could be an interesting topic to explore. Ah, damn. I mean, maybe. Because dragon ladies are supposed to be Asian women who are mysterious, they're seductive, Mm -hmm. they prey on white men and whatever, Mm -hmm. um, and they're a threat to, what is it, the nuclear family, Mm -hmm. whatever, all that stuff. So I'm saying, um, what if they've changed that to kind of fit our kind of, our trends right now, to where ABGs are attractive right mm-hmm. they they do have the set lifestyle but it's appealing and that makes other i don't want to say that but like everyone is attracted to that kind of person but it's still kind of mysterious i mean it kind of already is in media i feel like like right. um Isn't it? have you guys seen like kind of not, not just necessarily abgs but the kind of like like um how do I explain it? Like, deviant, like, I hate my parents, that kind of yeah, girl. Like, there you go. the blonde streak or whatever. Like, um, have you guys seen Scott Pilgrim versus the world? Like, in the movie, yeah. like, there's a girl, and she's Asian, and, like, she's, like, I don't know, she's, like, she's a side character. She's not really, like... Knives, right? Yeah, Knives. Yeah, yeah. yeah her name's Knives. Uh, <laughs> another example, like, oh, there's so many, like... Quirky, like, um... Asian girls. Yeah, like edgy Asian girl. Yeah, in the movie, go. like she's yeah. trying so hard for to get her him to like her, and it's like 
you just see she keeps trying to avoid yeah. The Asian character hair streak is real and a huge problem yeah. on BuzzFeed News. <laughs> oh, the most reliable. So, so Glee is one. Um, Ooh, like, yeah. oh, that girl from what's what's her name? The girl with the wheels in Big Hero Six. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she's Asian. Mm-hmm. Go um, home. The girl from Glee. I don't know if you guys watch Glee. Yeah, I forgot oh, her name. She like baked a stutter for a long time. Yeah. Really? The rebellious, yeah. the trope of rebellious Asian women with colorful hair is problematic. Right. Oh, colorful there, hair. There's this yeah. one, uh, I think a few years ago, there was this <coughs> X-Men movie, and mm. it was just some side Asian American like girl. There blink. you go. She was an actor, right? An actress, and um, they just had her with colored hair, and she was just like, oh no, I'm, I'm not the lead, I'm just a side character, but what do we do now? And yeah. she's really quirky, and she had colored hair, and that was it. Like, that was her whole character. Yeah. And that happens a lot. It does. Yeah. But, like, I'm, I'm kind of torn, because, like, as a self-proclaimed, like, learning feminist, like, if a woman wants to embrace her sexuality and, like, you know, do whatever she wants with her body and display her body however she wants, like, that's on her Mm -hmm. so like i'm very torn like if you genuinely believe that like dressing as an abg like gives you empowerment like you should be able to do that Mm -hmm. i'm just like concerned that that's playing into something else but i don't want to tell her to say like to not do that you Mm -hmm. know what i mean yeah yeah i just i mean there's no facet of right or wrong necessarily i feel like everything's in this like pretty much a gray area I don't know. It's an interesting point. It's it's great, but also, um, when I when I used to go to school here, still, um, I feel like, or there's this one class. Everyone got together and we got all to do like a little meet and greet. We talked with our classmates, and we got to around the point like, oh, what are you? What race are you? What ethnicity are you? And I said, oh, I'm I'm Korean. They're like, oh, ABG. I'm like. Yeah, except I don't go to raise, I don't have blonde hair, you know, I don't do anything that an AVG is supposed to do. But I do wear falsies, and they're like, yeah, AVG! Like, and so that's immediately what they jumped to. And then mm-hmm. I was like, is it, is it, what, what makes me qualified to be that? And the thing is, like, the AVG, like, stereotype and idea is also, like, has become a way for Asian Americans to have identity in the first place. Oh, so that's just identity again. Yeah. Because, like, what is being Asian-American, right? Like, right. And so, like, some people, it's going to raves and being ABGs and whatever. And like, finding community. And finding community. And with other ABGs. Um, there was a study done. Not a study. It was, like, a research paper mm-hmm. by Rave Asian-American by a girl at Harvard. Let me pull it up real quick. Uh, 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 here it is. <laughs> Searching for a cultural home, Asian-American youth and EDM festival by Judy Sujin Park. Harvard University, what time, what year was it? I remember, 2015. Um, and so she talks about, she actually went to a rave, she went to Beyond Wonderland. And then she actually interviewed, and it's really, people go, not necessarily for the music, because like, I don't know, EDM's just, in my opinion, noise. Um, <laughs> yeah. But for the community that they feel there. And also as a previous raver myself, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you do feel a sense of community. It's a lot of Asian people, a lot of white people too. Um, and you, you it's great gathered together and hundreds of people and do drugs like that's definitely a sense of community even though it might be an alternate way of knowing a community but it still is 
I think that's pretty significant and pretty interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Do you want to talk about it? What? Yeah, I mean, you just your experience. Not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah, see, so X-rays are... <laughs> talk, like, talk about your time when you were over there. Like, definitely, like, what you were saying, like, everybody's happy. It's, like, a whole community. Everyone's like, wants to be there. Everyone wants everyone to have a good time. It's, like, everybody's just so drugged out on having a good time. It's, like, it's exactly that. There's no race. It's just community. Mm-hmm. And it's just that feeling, like, where you see more Asian people because it's, like, they don't know. Mm-hmm. And they see so many Asian people there. So it's, like, why not go check it out? Mm-hmm. I never thought of it. because when I met him, he was, he was just recently kind of starting to die out. Right, it was like done with the raves, but then I was like really concerned. Like, are you good? Like, it, are you okay? Like, is this an okay thing? Because I don't, I don't know that. I've never been in the rave scenario ever, and so it's interesting to hear from his perspective without even being there. Because he does see it as a community, and I didn't belong in there, but it's still a community. It's valid. It's open to anyone. It's like. They, they're, it's just accepting of everyone. It's just, you go there, and you just feel like you're part of it. Yeah. Raves are also very popular amongst queer, gay, Asian yeah. men. Because <laughs> I know, because all the boys I follow on Instagram are like, they always go to raves. Yeah. <laughs> and then every single time I like, I meet one at like, I don't know, West Hollywood, which is like the queer, like the gay area in like Hollywood. Like, I had to talk about raves with them. I'm like, I'm like, I haven't been to a rave in three years. Like, <laughs> I don't remember anything, but, like, I try my best, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's been three years since I left. Right? Yeah, yeah, I was a freshman. I went to a lot. I went to six in one year. Oh. Yeah, my brain was fried. <laughs> yeah, I used all my rent money because I didn't... Cause, oh, my God! So, it was, like, story time. Like, I got a lot of money from financial aid and, like, my refund check. And I was like, it was, like, $8,000. And I was like... Oh my god, I'm rich, right? Oh <laughs> and so I went to a bunch of raves, and it turns out that I was paying my rent monthly, my like dorm rent monthly, and not quarterly. And so I, that money was actually was actually supposed to go to that. So then I, then, so then I actually had enough at the end, but then I had like four dollars, and so I didn't have money to like spend. Really? Yeah, yeah, that was sad. But anyways, oh, you yeah. survived. I survived. Here now. I did. I did. I'm like experiencing fear for you, even though it's already passed. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But moving on, I think another uh, another important like space and community is like digital space. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't so usually like Asian traits. Can you say what that is? Can you explain? I mean, I don't go onto it a lot, but it's basically a Facebook page for people, mostly Asians who follow it, and like maybe once in a while you'll have like a celebrity looking at it. And like a taboo from Epic High, what? Epic High? Epic High. Epic High. And he'll make a video out of it or something. But um, people will go on uh, subtle Asian traits and be like talking about, you know, boba or I don't know, maybe they talk about raves. I have no idea. I don't go on the page a lot. And sometimes I'll talk about, I think maybe we'll talk about, you know, identity community. I'm not really sure. Um, I, they're kind of meme ish. <laughs> yeah, it's it's more about like making memes that Asian or particular Asian group would understand. Yeah, so I still remember like the boba ranking. Yeah, <laughs> boba is pretty like that one's very generalized. But yeah. I've seen some that are like specific to like Vietnamese Americans. Then it'll be like, "What's your favorite soup?" Or, yeah, like um, it'll be for like South Asians, and I don't understand the reference, you know. But it it's a place where <coughs> Asians can come together and like 
laugh about things that yeah. happened in our childhood, um, cultural foods or like traditions, things mm-hmm. like that. And I think it uh, because of um, several Asian traits, it's broken down to like subcategories. Um, oh. So I'm actually in a few. I'm in subtle, subtle, subtle queer Asian traits. Ash. Yeah, and so it's like queer <laughs> Asian like like specific memes, oh. and then like I'm also in subtle Cantonese traits. Oh my god. And so that's like Cantonese people things, <laughs> and so like they post things like, for example, I saw one the other day that explained like tonal languages, oh and so I'll, I'll say it right now. There's there's a phrase in Chinese that sounds the same. It's all sick hold yan, and all sick hold yan, and one means I eat a lot of people, and the other one means I know a lot of people. <laughs> it's just change that one tone or that one word. And so it's kind of like memes that like that that kind of show like Asian experiences that have kind of emerged a lot in the last like two years, and also subtle Asian dating. Oh yeah, that was a big one too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. do you want to explain subtle Asian? Um, I've only been on the Instagram page for like two minutes. I don't remember how I got there, but I ended up there, and I was like, what the heck? Um, and so essentially, it's like Tinder, but on Facebook or mm-hmm. Instagram, and so you are. Advertising yourself as a single Asian to get people to DM you essentially if they're yeah. interested. Yeah. I think what's interesting is like, um, we might not look at it as interesting, right? You're like, eh, like it's whatever, right? <laughs> but the thing is also because we live in an area, area, that was weird, I don't know why I said area, <laughs> an area of a lot of Asian people. <laughs> um, if someone lives in like, Louisiana, like, they might not be a lot of Asian people, you know, and if they want to date Asian people, it's hard for them to find. Mm-hmm. So it kind of creates that space. And with that, it creates mm-hmm. other spaces, because I'm in subtle queer Asian dating. Oh, yeah. that's cool. And I've had people DM me. Wow. <laughs> and I don't respond. <laughs> <laughs> I have a very uncomfortable story about the Asian memes. Okay, so, <clears throat> I used to have a lot of white friends in high school, and what they thought was really, really funny to do as a group or individually is send me the Asian memes and then laugh at me. Because they're like, haha, you're Asian. You get it, right? Because you're Asian. And that's funny. And so they made my Asianness into a joke. Um, they'd pull at their eyes and be like, no, 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 no. It's just a joke. It's just a joke. You know, like, they did yeah. No! I know. They did a lot of very mean things that I wasn't aware of because I, I, I wanted to fit in. And so I sacrificed <clears throat> my comfort to fit in. And so when they started sending me these memes, I had a, di- a digital space because before I kind of like liked to see those memes. And then now they took over that space and it just made me so uncomfortable. And so now bring- just bringing it up is like, it, it can be a, like a nice place for people, like um, other Asian Americans or Asian people to kind of relate to. But for me, it has that very, very uncomfortable mm-hmm. experience that kind of like overshadows like mm-hmm. the able to the ability to relate to mm-hmm. those memes. I still think they're funny. It's just that the haunting yeah. past like, association. I think that's like occupation of space by white people and whiteness. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I followed a okay. No, I, I yeah. I followed followed. I no longer follow a a white girl who uh, was at a rave. She held her makeup and all that. She said, "Look, guys, I'm an AVG now." That was her caption. <sighs> <laughs> I was like, does she know what that means? And so, yeah, that was that was one of the girls that I I used to talk to, and I just got rid of it. I, like, I did like a cleansing, like I I purged it because it's it's 
that made me so uncomfortable. And just being able to talk about it makes me feel so happy because they'll never know. But also, that was terrible. <laughs> she messaged you like after it was posted. Hey, Jamie, I heard what you said about me. <laughs> she somehow like stumbles upon it. Is that Jamie? Yeah. Oh my gosh. She. It was really weird just having to like see that like actually happen in front of my eyes. Like a non-Asian person claiming that they were an ABG, and also <coughs> a lot of white people. Um, fetishizing me because they're like oh you're Asian you like Mulan you're so pretty you know your your hair's so straight and so black and like I bet all the guys like you because you're Asian or like like white guys coming up to me and they're like hey girl like sarang hey you know <laughs> <laughs> and so like that just made me so uncomfortable like I like just thinking about those experiences make me uncomfortable um a lot of middle-aged men would approach me in high school really because that was their thing mm. and it was so uncomfortable but now I understand it's because of how fetishized we are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how we haven't addressed that or mm-hmm. anyone has really addressed that in public mm-hmm. and that's just how it's gonna be until mm-hmm. someone does something about it and so all these poor children are gonna suffer <laughs> and have nothing to do about it. Or, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, to bounce off of that, I actually knew a girl in high school. We were in, um, it, just in case she hears this, because I don't want her to like know, but uh, we were in a class together for two years. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Vivian, you're so lucky you're Asian. I wish I was Asian. Mm. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, like at this point, like I had already like been bullied for being Asian, like being teased and all yeah. of this. So I was like, I'm trying so hard to like fit in with white people, and here you are, a white person telling me you want to be Asian. Like, Why did she say that? Like, did she give a reason? She, or was just like she, she's a weeaboo. Like, oh. everybody just collectively oh. understands uh, So, uh, for our audience who don't know what a weeaboo is, it's essentially a person um, who is not of Japanese descent, who is fetishizing and romanticizing um, Japanese culture and all of that, um, usually based on, like, anime yeah. and things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so, I'm not Japanese, but she was like, I wish I was Asian, I wish I were like you, and I was like, girl like what mm-hmm. um but also i work at a middle school right now and one of the teachers that i work with is like very openly like i only like asian women and me and my sister work there and we're the only asian tutors there and so that's it's very uncomfortable for me to like work with him because mm-hmm. he's openly said like mm-hmm. i only like asian women mm-hmm. and so that places me in like a very uncomfortable situation as like a, a tutor that's working under him but also as like an Asian woman that knows what it's like to be fetishized yeah. and it's like I can't say anything to him yeah. because he's technically um, a superior yeah. to me so. oh my gosh that's terrible yeah. that's, that's yucky yeah yeah it's bad I'm, I'm very glad to be leaving at the end of this year <laughs> <laughs> on the flip side though like Asian men tend to be feminized mm-hmm. and opposed to Asian women. Or I think they're both feminized. Mm-hmm. But femininity in Asian men is always looked at as a downside. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why, like, you see a lot of, like, Asian women with white men, right? Like, there's this idea, like, oh, Asian men are 
they're too like feminine. they're too feminine they're passive right they're, they're, they're in too like short. they're too short blah 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 <laughs> and so like and that also comes from another fun fact um, um, you guys want to hear the backstory? <laughs> yes. Actually, it actually is um, from the Filipino immigrants. Um, a lot of them were immigrating to America because you know, like, money and like new opportunities. But only the men were allowed to immigrate to America because like they were the only ones to get that good to the labor, like actually. Yeah, dude, my dad actually. Yeah. He came here first for three years. Mm-hmm. He went to Alaska to work on a fishing boat, mm-hmm. and then my mom came three years later and it's like, oh, that's it. Yeah, and so, and but some people, some of the men who didn't have wives back home, like, obviously they need to marry somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they're lonely, like, they're <laughs> men, you know? And so, like, they were marrying white women, mm-hmm. right? And so the, 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 the white men started getting, like, angry they and started feel feeling, threatened. yeah, I feel threatened, yeah. like, their masculinity felt threatened. So they started putting these stereotypes and, like, defining masculinity in a certain way, right? Because why is or why is aggressiveness such a masculine trait it's because of whiteness it all goes back to whiteness right what is masculinity right it's just a performance at the end of the day it's just how we define it and so um that's really where the roots of it is and to this day like asian men are still kind of suffering from this idea of feminization but not to say that we need more masculine asian men mm-hmm. we need to read just we need to redefine, redefine. the idea of masculinity like, I remember when, like, Henry Golding, who was my daddy, um, <laughs> Henry Golding from a, a, a crazy, a, a crazy Rich Asians, super good-looking guy, really, really good-looking, right, Asian man, and so people were like, oh, like, racism is solved, right, like, we have a masculine man, like, in the show, that's not, like, because what about Asian men who aren't necessarily a stereotypical, like, masculinity, who are 5'3", right, or is, like, more passive, right? And so I think, yeah. But and on the flip side, though, queer Asian men are also feminized and sexualized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I go to West Hollywood every Friday, um, <laughs> and I go and go <laughs> to this club called Rage, right? And Rage is um, um, gay Asian boy night on Fridays, um, eighteen plus. <laughs> okay. So. Um, and so every so often, every time I go, you'll see a couple of white men, white men just like standing around, mm-hmm. and they're looking. They're looking around to see like which one they can choose, right? Mm-hmm. And I've literally it's happened to me before. I literally sat down on like a couch and then like this white man just sends this sits next to me and he's like, Hey, what's up? And I was like, I have to go <laughs> And I just leave, like Um and so yeah, it's very interesting how intersections kinda affect the way you're racialized and sexualized. Mm-hmm. And that's my spiel for today. You can also talk about um comparisons to k-pop boy bands mm. because all asian men are jimin from bts and period that's it like my brother has gotten that so many times at his school and it's Wait, well, so i've met your brother what yeah um so tracy's met my brother he's a little five three skinny asian boy um has a little bowl cut but he's very tan um that's about it that's his like that's him and all of his classmates gotta say, do you know Jimin from BTS? Because you look exactly like him. Jungkooki, Saranghae. That's it. Like that's, that's his interactions with all of his classmates. And it's terrible. And I feel sorry for him because at least I don't get that. I mean, not the same way that he gets it because they'll, um, the people will still come up to me and be like, 
oh, do you know BTS? Do, do you, are you related to BTS? I'm like, obviously. That's where all this money goes, you know, because of BTS is my connection. No. So at least I get it, but like he gets it in like a comparison way. Mm. And then they, they all want to date him because he looks oh, like Jimin no. from BTS. And he's getting harassed by all these little Asian or little white girls because they think he looks like they, he's somehow, he's Korean, so he's BTS. I got asked if I was BTS. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, BTS is one person to these people, first of yes, all. Yes, yes. Because they're all Asian, they're all the same, mm-hmm. right? But I literally got asked, yeah, like, yes, I did have the bangs that day because I knew my hair. And yes, I did have dangly earrings because, I don't know, I'm Asian. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was at a really shitty, sorry, okay. really crappy um, dentist in East LA, right? And I'm there with my government medical insurance. <laughs> To fix, to try to see if I can get my chipped tooth fixed. And I sit down, my dentist, are you BTS? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, no. I was like, oh, like, you, I don't know, like, you have the hair, and like, I just thought, and I was like, okay. And I'm like, you really think that these rich Korean K pop band members would be coming? To East LA <laughs> to fix their chip tooth <laughs> with government insurance. No. <laughs> and by the way, I didn't get my tooth ch- ch- uh, fixed because it's technically cosmetic, so it cost one hundred and fifty dollars. And so Korea my, is a lot cheaper. And so my tooth is chipped. <laughs> and audience who can't see, and I'm still not BTS. <laughs> I wish I was, man. I wish I was, but. But I think like it's cheaper to like be, have like medical care in Korea too. So oh, yeah, they, they go they to, the, to LA for that. Actually, like in the Philippines, it's yeah. like twenty bucks. America is the it. only country. This is how universal health care is. It's because of slavery. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even joking. It's because of slavery. Oh, oh, God. God. Um, to go back to that, I remember there was um. I don't, I don't know what nationality he is, but there is this white man who got cosmetic surgery done to <gasps> look like Jimin. Yes, yes. I, and it's he, he was it's even scary. on Dr. Phil. He's okay, horrifying. It's, it's so it's scary. Terrifying. Like he's that's why that's why sleep paralysis so is demon. <laughs> <laughs> it's the white guy who got plastic surgery like to, look like to look like Jimin. Yeah, right? yeah. It, well, it doesn't look like him. Oh my god, he's so scary. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, his name is Ollie, I think. Yeah, Ollie. Ollie London. Ollie London. <laughs> he even made like an original song with his own name, and I was like, "What the heck are you he doing?" He keeps making songs. Is it's he bad. From America. So bad. Is I. He, I, don't I mean, know. He's British. He's British. He's a white boy. He's a white boy. That's the simplest way to say it. <laughs> really. Um, like, and then like I watched the um the video with Dr. Phil and him like Dr. Phil interviewing him and like it's like don't you feel like your sense of identity is like hindered by trying to look like Jimin he's like mm-hmm. no I actually feel really happy to look like Jimin because I feel like I'm uh like re- was it uh kind of like respecting or like honoring him and I was like what are you saying son I was like confused like everything that came out of his mouth was like I I wish I could get it but I don't because you know how you can change your appearance to make yourself feel better, like ABGs, plastic yeah. surgery for like monoliths. But mm-hmm. this is too far. This is this that is like yeah. I, I, I feel like you it's, can't say it's it, but just, I'm it's an obsession with like 
trying to be something to amass popularity. Mm. And so recognizing that BTS is an incredibly popular figure right now. Mm -hmm. And so latching onto one of the members and being like, well, this is my idol. I want to be like them Mm. is a really great ploy to get attention. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know whether or not he's like actually authentic about it or like if (coughs) this is truly like he's trying to respect them. But like in the eyes of us, that's not respectful at all. Same time though, like it's not just white people doing it. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of Southeast Asian mm-hmm. and okay. like who who not be more white, be more Korean. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, yeah. yes, like Koreans and Japanese people and Chinese people are minorities, but they're the they're closer to whiteness and closer to privilege than let's just say someone from Vietnam or someone from the mm-hmm. Philippines, mm-hmm. right? Like they're way closer to whiteness. I think like the the rise in like massive like K-pop and stuff in Korea, bouncing back from the war really quickly by the way, like like economically and like socially, has kind of created this this like um, need to assimilate to whiteness, within Asian culture. And so for example, I saw this Twitter post, mm-hmm. and it was from this Vietnamese guy. He I think he was in Vietnam high school or maybe he was like early college, but he was like, oh, like I hate being Vietnamese. Why can I be? Why could I have been born one of the superior Asians, like Japanese or Korean? Ew. And so, and, and people were mad about it, obviously, right? But yes, there is like a sense of like, oh, we should be mad at him. But like, where is that coming from, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's also coming from like post-colonial structures, right? And like ideas of whiteness. And the fact of it is that Korea and Japan are way closer to whiteness because they were also colonized by America. And they're way, and they still have a lot. America they still has still have military bases mm-hmm. for both of them. Yeah, so. they have a lot of control over Korea and Japan's policy. Mm-hmm. Like they're basically um, America's like right hand man in Asia. Yeah. yeah, and that was the reason why we bombed the crap out of Japan. <laughs> <laughs> we wanted to restructure their structure of government so to be more like us and to mm-hmm. be more like ours in Korea too. Yeah, I do have a question for you, Matt. Mm. Will you ever push to get like plastic surgery? Oh no. Never? No, that's, no. Not, that's not something. Like, I really wanted to know. I don't know, my dad's super masculine. It's like, don't, like, don't be effeminate at all. Hmm. Like, okay. literally, that's just, like, he's, it's toxic masculinity for sure. <laughs> yeah. Way too much. Do you think like, that's affected how you've acted? Mm, not really. It's made me more want to go against, like, what he wants. Hmm. For me, I've always been, I want to do what I want to do, not what my parents like since probably around the beginning of high school that's when I started pushing back more and they accepted that mm-hmm. so it's like for me I'm I don't identify like what my friends want me to be I'm doing mm-hmm. what I want to do okay because I was curious too yeah but it's like that for a lot of Filipinos mm-hmm. how about Cherise or sorry his cousin is half white mm-hmm. and so I wanted to know if she has any any push to look more white or act more white than she already is <laughs> um not really honestly for her it's like she wants to embrace being more Filipino mm. but once she goes to the Philippines like she went a few months ago dude she was like worshipped by Filipinos because she was white oh. she was that like that's exactly what Filipinos want to be all the celebrities in the Philippines are mixed yeah like people from here yeah. go over there to become famous mm-hmm. 
crazy. And, and the experiences of like mixed people is actually very interesting. So according to Jessica C. Harris <laughs> and towards a critical multiracial theory in education, um, 2015, mm-hmm. like it's basically a theoretical framework of mixed people and how their experiences differ from necessarily a full Filipino people or a full white person. And it's very interesting to see how, and it also just depends how she looks too. Some people yeah. just look more white passing. Yeah, there's more white yeah. and there's more Asian. And some people like my friend, like he's half white and half Filipino, but he like doesn't even look Filipino. He looks Hispanic, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and so he's very brown. So like, I don't know, people get racialized differently. Yeah. Mixedness is a, like a whole different like yeah. ballpark. Mm. Very interesting. So different. Another limitation. Yeah. To this group, yeah. And like, do, do, I don't know. Have you guys talked to your parents about like dating? Yes. No. Yes. That's but it's always been like not great. That's Can not I talk about what it? I ever want yeah. to talk. Okay. About. <laughs> because Matt here is Filipino. He's my boyfriend. And when I told my very very proud Korean family that I had dated a non-Korean, they died inside. I saw their soul leave their <laughs> eyes. My cousin married a white girl. My uncle almost had a heart attack when he found out. Like, literally went to the hospital. Um, My other cousin disappeared for a little bit because he said that he wasn't interested in dating a Korean girl. And so that was another problem. And now I, the deviant of the family, yet again, have dated (laughs) a Filipino man. And he's six foot six six one. And my family is averaging around five five. Very, very different from what they were expecting. And so um, having to break the news to them was very, very stressful because I didn't want to disappoint them, but I also wanted them to see, like, this is what makes me happy. Like, you got to deal with it. But also, please don't be mad at me. (laughs) And walking that very fine line, and so far, so good. They don't don't hate me. Mm -hmm. They, They tolerate him. It's a happy, happy time, and it was just like that getting over that initial that, that, shock. Exactly, because they really they were they were driving for that Korean man. But this is okay. <laughs> You're fine. You're okay. Just gotta it's reassure okay. him every she once loves in a while. You. It's alright. <laughs> just gonna give him a. Like, for me, um, in my experience, I never directly ask them about dating, but they ask me about dating because you know that's how it is, right? Family mm. always asks you about dating. Mm-hmm. But I have a very strong memory of when I was younger, and I went to my aunt's house in uh, San Jose, and for whatever reason, I don't know why, I think at the time I was into K-pop, and so then I was like listening to K-pop, and my aunt just like, I don't know where she came out, you can't marry a Korean man. And I was like, what the heck, where is this coming from? And she's just like, you just can't marry a Korean man. I'm like, why not? And she's like, I don't know what she just said you can't marry a Korean man you have to marry like you know in your ethnicity and I just got confused because like what I don't understand like the differential did she say or white she Vietnamese, said, yeah she said white yeah too. same or it's it's Korean it's a, or white Vietnamese or white okay yeah, yeah. Okay. and in my family right now my cousin which who I wanted to mention earlier when um, Derek actually mentioned like white women not well Asian women wanting to marry white men. Um, she, like, back then, she, she actually dated Asian men, but now she dates white men. And <laughs> I don't know, she just wants to date white men. And to me, which is, I think is very shallow, 
but I think given what I've kind of learned about colonialism and from Derek and all that, like, I kind of understand, but I also hate it because she also like kind of, um, I guess in a way objectifies the idea of having like white, like half white, half Asian kids. Mm -hmm. But my parents, not my parents, my entire family says nothing against it because he's white. <laughs> so then they're like, oh, well he's white. He's gonna like fit it. He's gonna like help her fit in and she's gonna fit into their family. But then it's like, I don't, I don't know. Cause I feel like in a way she's trying to force herself to fit in with him and I don't like it, but I don't know her authentically enough to say that she's fitting in with like forcing herself to fit in with him because mm -hmm. like, I can tell she's very flimsy as, as like with her own um thoughts yeah so like I'll, if I educate her on this she'll be like oh okay and then like the next year later she's like thinking against it I'm like okay I don't know what you learned but all right <laughs> and it's like and then I'll look at her Instagram post and so it's always about like she's always hanging out with white people mm. it's always white girls and then she's like hanging out with white girls drinking us some wine <laughs> You know, hang out with the, the boyfriend, they're all white. But um, given that, like going back to the idea of dating, it's always been in like Vietnamese or white. But you can't marry like anyone who's Korean, Japanese, you know, because there's like these stereotypes, I guess. Yeah. Same. <laughs> yeah, so like my parents were always like, you have to date. Chinese, right? Mm -hmm. And then, furthermore, it's like you can't date Japanese people because they colonized us. Um, <laughs> you can't date Vietnamese people. They're like the trashy people of like you know of Vietnam. I mean of, of Asia. <laughs> you can't date like Filipino girls because like they're like oh like Filipino people are very like um, like rude apparently. And then like I don't know. There's a bunch of things. But I can date a white girl, or as my dad said, or Brazilian. They're hot. <laughs> And I'm like, you're lucky, you're lucky if I even date a girl. Like, <laughs> you're lucky, you know? And so, and, and, and especially, especially no black people. Yeah. That's there the biggest go. one. That's I, the biggest one. Anyone else except for black people. It's like, if it's like any other Asian, like, it's like, okay, we don't like this decision, but we'll, we'll, we'll tolerate, we'll tolerate it. it. But if it's a black person, everybody suddenly it's like up in arms, we're kind of hostile, we don't want you to date this person at all. And that goes back to, stay with me, <laughs> colonialism and anti-blackness. <laughs> and so I've heard arguments where it's like, oh, like how do we like, you know, like why, why can't you love who you love, right? I remember, um, that movie to to all the boys to all the boys I love right they're like oh like cast the main character as an Asian guy right and then the girl who played Laura Jean she was like oh like you're being racist you know like I should be able to love whoever I love and I'm like no like there's a lot more colonial context than just love is love right like there's a reason why like these things exist right and the, and the another thing is the reason why like our parents want us to marry in, within our race it's also based on whiteness. It's this need to create, to maintain like white supremacy and maintain like within the race and within the like culture. Racial purity. Yeah, racial purity is oh, the idea. And mm -hmm. so like, and yeah, I guess you could argue that we can queer racial pur uh, purity when when you marry a white person, mm -hmm. but that just goes back to 
obtaining racial structures and mm-hmm. like obtain like upholding race white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything goes back to white supremacy, y'all. Yeah. Us being here is white supremacy. <laughs> honestly, like whose land are we on right now, right? Like, yeah. like yeah. we're honestly just going to university. It's just upholding white structures. It's just, mm-hmm. We should all just go back to where we came. From. <laughs> 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 just kidding. That can't. We can't that can't happen. Like, where where are we gonna go? You know, like. Yeah. As a Filipino, did you have any expectations? Or did your parents lay down any rules? Uh, no, not really. See, like, I, I felt much like I pushed against it. Like, I'm huh. I'm not going to do whatever you guys tell me to do. Mm-hmm. They didn't even mention it? No. Like, see, well, <laughs> yeah, when I was younger, yeah, they just kind of, like, pushed me and tried to make me what they wanted to be. See, because I have a cousin. Is it because, you're, is it because, you're, is yeah. it because you're a guy? No. Huh? But I have a cousin who's very, their family is very whitewashed the Filipino family like they go to church every Sunday they have Bible study and that's what my parents told me a white Filipino and it's like I'm not I can't do that that's not I don't want to be something where it's like I don't want to be American like I, I want to embrace like our culture what like whatever is right for us not them so do you want to talk about Ella? Huh? do you want to talk about Ella? Ella's party and her boyfriend. Oh. Yeah, dude, so I, I have a little cousin. She's a freshman in high school. Her first boyfriend ever. Mm-hmm. And, like, she brought him over. Like, everybody was, like, gossiping about it. And when he comes into the house, nobody knew this. He was black. <laughs> everybody freaked out. Yes! Yes! My aunt came in. She was like, oh, I he has a boyfriend. Which one is he? And they, they pointed at him. And she was like, he's black. <laughs> Every, oh, like no. all four of my aunts that came, like all of them said the exact same thing. Oh, yeah. It was bad, and now they're not together. So I mean, that's Aww. the result of that. So. And it's hard to like, like I don't know, like I think we all have racial preferences. Everyone's mm-hmm. racist. Like yeah. we're all based in like race. I talked about this in class today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did I? Um, I did, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I, did. Yeah, I, did. Yeah, I did. I did. I did. But like I have racial preferences, like I pref- I prefer to date like Asian or a person of color, right? And that's just the reality of where we're at, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know, man. Like, and like the thing is, it's like we're in America. It's not we're not in the Philippines. Like you're not gonna find a Filipino. Like there's all these races here. So like, why are you gonna try to stick to one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there's a reason why you came to America. Exactly. Like, yeah. isn't this what you want us to do? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Um, so in my experience, I, I never told my parents when I was interested in somebody and we were, when we were like talking, Mm -hmm. um, generally because I know Asians in my community or my age and I was very much like, you have to be older than me. Like I will not date somebody younger than me. (laughs) I don't know why I was like that, but anyways, Uh um, so most of the people that I was interested in or like we were talking, but like almost dated but not really Mm -hmm. um we're not asian at all but my parents at home were like you need to find a chinese boy somehow i know they're not here but you need to find (laughs) one (laughs) (laughs) don't come home with a mexican boy don't go home don't come home with a black boy like that's not okay um but they told me like all of these things and then my sister her current boyfriend right now is mexican and they didn't say anything to her I was like, mm, I'm very confused. Like, why is that something that 
they apply to me but not to her. Are you are you the older one? It's because you're am. you're the one that she, they're gonna live with. Yeah. No, but I have a brother. <laughs> I have an older oh, really? brother. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's like <laughs> You're the backup because your brother oh. does it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but then um also I feel like in high school Blasian babies were like a thing. Oh yeah. and so a lot of people told me um, like, oh, you need to date a black man so you can have Blasian babies. Why? Because they're cute to them. And I was like, my reproductive system, like, that's off limits. And like, <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to choose who I have babies with. Yeah. And but, re- yeah. Recently, my mom has been like urging me. Like, I think because she knows I'm gay, so she's like, oh, like, what, where's your girlfriend, <laughs> right? And like, I have like a lot of girlfriends, right? I sleep over and stuff. They're like, you're like, and they're like, oh, like, when you have kids, and I'm like, Honestly, I don't want kids. Like, I actually don't really want kids. And I'm yeah. time, like, and she's like, what is life without kids? And I'm like, I don't know. I have more meaning than you, mom. Like, you know? <laughs> And then, like, I, we were out at a restaurant. There was these two kids, like, crying. Like, they were, like, screaming. And I, I looked at my mom. I was like, you want me to have that? <laughs> you want me to have that? Like, that's why I don't want kids. Like, and then I met my dad. My mom was just like, there's no meaning in life. And I'm like, I mean, I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that has to do with the fact that they're immigrants. And yeah, like, I think know, so too. Have to work their asses off to yeah. survive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my sister has kids. Like, that's fine. They can they can pass on the bloodline. <laughs> but yeah, me and Matt have been dating for two years, and this is when it starts. Or actually, like a year ago it started. But my mom has been asking me when we're gonna get married or if we're gonna get married, Dude, and oh I'm so oh, uncomfortable. What she told me at graduation. Oh my god! So. <clears throat> oh. We're going to have a little bit of TMI, but also this is a safe space, so we're going to talk about it. So at my graduation ceremony last summer, uh, what happened was Matt came over, or Matt came to the graduation ceremony because he's a boyfriend, and I wanted him there. And um, my mom pulled him aside, and she decided to talk about our relationship at my graduation ceremony. She wanted to talk about, uh, oh, like, what do you do? What are you doing right now? What's your dream? Like dreams, aspirations, like an interview, you know, like at a job interview everything. and everything, just everything. And then she got around to the point where Jamie needs to stay pure, chastity. You get my drift? Celibacy. Celibacy. She did all of that in my graduation ceremony. <laughs> and I was, and I, I like try to like, like intervene and save him, but it was too late, and she wouldn't even let him go because she wanted to know about him. And I was so uncomfortable. That's so and, funny. And now she's asking me, "Are you guys gonna get married?" I'm like, "Mom." That was the first question she asked me. Actually, I'm, do you want to marry my daughter? And you know what he said? He said yes because he was so caught off guard. He's like, "Wait." <laughs> yeah, exactly that. But do you? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and so she's been bugging me about that. I don't know what to say because. We're only two years. I'm not even 21, and you're gonna come into my life asking me if I'm gonna get married. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, also the age of getting married is a lot older now in America. Right? Yeah, yeah like my mom got married when she was like 19, 20. My mom knew my dad for one year, dated, and then they got married, and then one year, and two years into the relationship, they had me. That's like me and him being pregnant, like being having kids yeah. right now. I mean, it's also different because like, 
they don't have like the stages of development stops for them, right? Because they didn't right. go to college or like they're like, oh. yeah, like they're like, what else are you gonna do? Like, but then you after high school and you're just working like a nine to five job, right? Like, yeah, what else are you gonna do? <laughs> you have a kid. Well, <laughs> I feel like now with like all of us like getting educations and like getting careers, like. And, like, having, like, commitment issues and stuff, like, after, like, 10 years, you're like, I don't know. I don't know if he likes me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's more meaning to life. Yeah. 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 I, I honestly, yeah. in regards to kids, I just want to be, like, the cool, the cool. Why not? Yeah. Why yeah. on? <laughs> like, I don't want to take, like, you know, I, I like, you know, kids, but I don't want to have kids. Yeah. You yeah. know? It's like, it's like. I like to, you know, take care of them, kind of, but you can have them. You can take care of them for life. That's not... Like, <laughs> I will have them temporarily. I will take care of them, but the like, responsibility like... goes back to you. <laughs> I, like, I like getting my nieces and nephews, giving them a bunch of sugar, and <laughs> sending them back to my mom, my, to, to, my, uh, to my my sister. I'm like, bye. <laughs> I kind of want kids, though. I kind of want kids that I can name, because like, I have a name picked out already, just because I like the name. But if that doesn't work out, I'll just change my name. I don't know. That's why you have dogs and cats. That's different. But they're I'll, like cute. I want my kid to be cute. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I want him to be like, huh? Not <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, like, I like I mean, my dogs, too. kids run too. relate to the first, like... That's true. Kids are basically <laughs> dogs, if you really want to <laughs> Yeah. They really are. They're like, sit. Sit, sit, stand, you know? It's good food, like... Say mama. <laughs> So my cousin, she's like 28 now. She's like finally like getting into her career, like finding a stable job. Um, but she just met her boyfriend within the last like year and a half, right? Like they haven't been dating that long, um, but it seems like they're pretty serious. But this past Christmas, um, which is maybe like the third time we've hung out with him, all of my aunts were like, so when are you gonna propose? When are you gonna marry her? And he's still in school, so it's like, <laughs> and they've only known each other for less than two years. Um, they don't know this, but they've moved in together. But as far as they know, they still live separately. Right, right. You know, like all of this stuff. And <laughs> that's okay. They're not gonna listen to it. English, it's, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> me as a kid, okay, my mother doesn't know English. Just talk to me. <laughs> yeah, but like. And then I have another cousin, and he's been seeing his girlfriend for, like, seven years, and nobody's asked him, like, when are you going to propose to her, you know? So, I don't know, I feel really bad for you guys. Like, I'm sorry, that, that like, it really sucks. It's so uncomfy. I wasn't yeah. here for the story, but I'll, I'll ask you later after okay. the podcast. <laughs> I don't want, like, the listeners to, like, yeah. re li- relive that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, if we're talking about, like, marriage, right, um, my grandpa has actually, like, I don't know why he talked to me. Like, as far as I know, he hasn't talked about this with my older female cousin or my younger male cousins or even my other, my older male cousins, but specifically me. He's looked at me in the the eye and said, do you have a boyfriend yet? Are you going to get married? And I'm like, I've never even dated before. Why are you asking me about marriage now? And he'll, like, he'll be like, are you going to get married soon? And I'm like, no, I've... I, I don't want, I don't, I, I'm not even in a relationship. I've never had my first kiss. Why are you talking to me about marriage? And it's like, I don't know why, but it's like, I don't know. I guess our parents just want us to be 
married while we're young, quote unquote, and have kids while we're young. Mm-hmm. But everybody's got like everybody's got like no dating until you finish school, <laughs> and yeah. then it's like, why don't you have a boyfriend? <laughs> and then exactly. you're like. <laughs> my mom's like oh you need to get a girlfriend now because after you graduate like you have way less chances of meeting people and I'm like okay like my dad has known that city my too. mom tells me that too especially now that she knows that there's like a larger Chinese community here she's like why don't you just go find a rich Chinese boy and I was like what are you talking about honestly though mom crying like rich Chinese boys aren't as common as you think they are and they don't want to talk to you like they don't speak English also, so. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like, for me, you mentioned about, like, don't go, you can't be dating while, you, while you're in school and stuff, right? My dad has done that to me. He's like, you can't be dating in high school or college. And then, like, two or three years into college, he's like, well, I don't have a boyfriend yet. And I was like, what What? What do you want from me? You told me I couldn't date. And then you said, where's my boyfriend? And then, like, one day, um, my dad, like, is very handy. He knows how to do a lot of stuff. He can fix a lot of stuff. And, and I don't know about inventing, but he's um, an engineer. So, like, he can fix a lot of stuff. So then one day, I was like, hey, Dad, can you fix the door of my apartment? He's like, okay, but why don't you get your boyfriend to do it? I'm like, what boyfriend? <laughs> I, I don't know. It gets really confusing. <laughs> when parents are like you can't do it and they're like where is it my parents are doing that to me right now because they know that i'm graduating soon so they're like have you found that chinese boy yet (laughs) but especially because my sister is dating somebody right now and so what she does now that she's like a legal adult she stays at his house like pretty often so like this past weekend i didn't see her at all because she was with him and so they're like if you get a boyfriend you can't do that. You're gonna mess up your studies like you've got so far. Like you're double majoring. You don't have time to like be messing around, you know, and do all of this stuff. And so essentially, what they're telling me is like, don't date, but look for a boy. And <laughs> yeah. it's like that doesn't. I can't do that. Yeah, that's like it doesn't. Yeah, if I'm looking for a boy, it's because I want to date him. So you want to stay, be around him. Yeah, like, exactly. Even past certain hours, curfew. Yeah, exactly. But do you guys still have curfews? Um, I don't have, a, like, a curfew, per se, but, like, if I'm gonna stay out late, I have to let my parents know. Otherwise, they're gonna call me. me. I have a curfew, but, like, I feel bad if I come home late, because my mom is home alone, um. and, like, and she recently lost her job, and so before she lost her job, like, I could do whatever I want, you know? Yeah. But, like, recently, I feel really bad if I just leave, and, like, I, I don't, I don't, like, let her know, or, like, mm. so I've been coming home more often, but, like, I, I keep telling her, she's, like, I'm like, oh, like, I cannot be your only reason to live, mom. Like, that's a sad <laughs> life. Like, you need friends. And she's like, I don't have any. I was like, we'll fucking find some. <laughs> Sorry, we'll find some. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. She has issues. Like, <laughs> but that's a different story mm. from my therapist. <laughs> it's weird. I never, like, actually had to deal with curfew. Mm. Like, there was this one time I didn't come up to, like, a day. Like, I showed up the next day. I was like, Nothing happened. No, no one asked me anything. I was fine. I think that's a big thing. Like Filipinos, they're super lenient about stuff. Mm-hmm. I just think you have really cool parents. Mm-hmm. I like his parents. No, I'm not gonna say that. No, not didn't say that. Um, <laughs> I just like his parents a lot. Um, because yeah. my parents ask us when we're getting married. His parents are chill. Um, yeah. 
I technically still have a curfew. I'm gonna go out and say it. Yeah, I have a curfew. I'm not supposed to be out past midnight. <laughs> like, or like when I have work, I still have to be here before 11, even though I have work at closing at 11.30. They want me back. The work's like 30 minutes away. They're like, be back. I'm like, okay, can't help it. But yeah, it's sad. I'm, in a, I'm a grown ass adult and I still got a curfew. I don't have a curfew, per se. I'm, I'm pretty much the same as Julian, that if I'm going to be out late, I have to notify my parents. And then there was a time where I was out until, like, 2 or 3 a.m., and parents were like, where are you? I'm like, I'm out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just chilling, mom. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you. I'm just out. I, I'm, I won't be home for a while. And then they're like, okay. And I'm like, that's it? <laughs> okay. Um, and like, All right, well, I got to go. And I just hung up. But um, I'm gonna tap into like my friend's experience. Mm-hmm. My friend has very a very controlling family, mm-hmm. and it's really weird to me because she she does date in the ethnicity, but her dad says it's not enough, and she has a curfew. Um, I think her curfew is like 10 p.m. Keep in mind she's almost 23. <laughs> So it's like yeah. very controlling, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't really understand why, per se. I wish I like maybe I'll do like my own interview with her and I'll like fill you guys in oh, on like the next like the future possible podcast. <laughs> but like you know, like maybe I'll interview her and ask her these things. But you know, but mm-hmm. yeah, that'd be interesting. I remember one of the very first times that I went out, like I had just moved out to the apartments here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd been living at home until I transferred here. And so one of the, the first times that like, I was trying to go out and like socialize, right? So there's the Chinese Student Association here on campus. I was a member last year um, and like I regularly went to events and stuff. But the first time I went out, they were shuttling us cause um, you know, like the freshmen don't have cars and things like that and I didn't have a car. Um, so I let my mom know that I was gonna go out um, and like where I was going and how late I would be out, but I wasn't sure like where everybody else was like meeting to like shuttle and stuff. And so I found other people and I told her like, hey, like I found them, uh, I'm gonna go talk to them. So I went, talked to them for like five minutes. She called me like 10 times within five minutes. And I was like, you want me to socialize, but you also want me to talk to you on the phone. Like, <laughs> 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 like yeah, so... She might as well be there. <laughs> I know. And she was like, oh, I just want to check on you and make sure, like, you found people. And I was like, I literally just texted you. I found people, and I was going to go talk to them. And now I have stepped aside to call you. <laughs> so, yeah, so I really hope that when I'm, like, 25, I'm not... 25. <laughs> ...with my parents anymore. Yeah, because I'm kind of, like, stuck with them if I get the job that hopefully is lined up for me after college yeah i'm kind of like stuck so i set my boundaries i try to set my boundaries with my mom like yeah like, I try to she do calls that. a lot now because she has no job mm-hmm. and then like i always count the times she calls me in a day <laughs> and so like one time she called me four times right in a day and every time the same it's not telling me it's just like hey like what are you doing right and i'm like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like the same thing i was doing like an hour ago and then i'm like i'm always like mom this is the fourth time calling like and so uh, you guys you set your boundaries for sure and like, i tell her like like i can't be like your only path towards happiness like I'm, that's not my job like that's not why i was born like mm-hmm. like 
and, and then so I, I already know like if I go to UCLA for grad school like I'm not coming home every weekend like I did like in undergrad mm-hmm. so like prepare yourself and I'm like and if you keep doing this like I'm leaving I'm going to Michigan like <laughs> and you only see me two, two times a year then like we're like you know like, oh. Oh. and she always, she always me like do you hate me that much uh, yeah. and I'm like, that's the parents' way. I'm like, that's not the point, mom. I miss my freedom mm-hmm. and live back with my parents after I graduated. I miss my apartment so much. My freedom, my non existent curfew. I do, but I don't. My roommates Maybe I should just work two jobs until I have enough to move out. And then just move out. If you want one job, I mean. (laughs) How much do do you make a coach? This is a later conversation. Okay. Um, I don't know. Do you guys want to end on that note? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's end with one thing we've learned about the podcast (laughs) series to wrap it all up. You can just do what you learned this day. Um, for me, it was it wasn't a learning experience, but m- it was more um, a place I got to learn about other people's experiences and relate to them, and that's what was the most valuable thing. Like I got to learn a lot from Derek. Uh, I really appreciate all of his theories and his knowledge. I have um, a whole bachelor's degree that I'm not using. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm really really appreciative of how much you guys are uh, like so open. And how much you shared with me, um, because I really do appreciate it, and that was really really valuable to me. Um. So I don't really know what to say, but what I learned, but I really appreciated like the insight that Derek gave us all. Like whenever we were like talking about our experiences, Derek is like, "So I have something to contribute about what you just said." <laughs> And, like, you know, that's pretty, like, eye-opening because Derek always has something to say to supplement what you thought. That's a good thing. Excuse me? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good thing. But um, it supplements, like, what we, like, what we don't understand. And he'll have an answer, like, oh, well, there's a theory on this, and there's this, and there's that. And and with that, we're like, oh, well, that kind of makes sense, doesn't it? And I really appreciate that, and I think there's a lot to learn from. Um, I learned that I like hearing other people's stories, (laughs) and that in the future, I really want to do research on Asian American experiences, and etc. That's what I've concluded. I'll let you know when I go back for my PhD. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's really cool learning, like, what you guys go through as different, like, people, different races from Asia. Because Filipinos, it's like, you're kind of just only know the Filipino thing. So it's really cool getting that insight. And, yeah. Um, so I want to thank you guys first for participating and being willing to come out, like, almost every week, basically. I know the drive is really long and traffic is not great. So I'm very, very, very thankful that you all decided to be here um, and that you kept consistently coming because I literally could not have done this <laughs> without <laughs> you guys here. So um, I'm very, very appreciative of that. Um, thank you all for your honesty and your willingness to share. Um, 
even though this is going to be public, I hope that you know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I think overall for me, I, I've learned that to kind of let go and just to let you guys talk because I feel like I have a tendency with my own projects to like want it to fit into something that like I've created or like I expect it to be mm-hmm. and allowing you guys to talk and like having the space is really let the project do what it needs to do if that makes sense mm-hmm. and so thank you for that again it's been really cool um I'm really excited to put all of this out so um I am submitting this to the undergrad symposium like the research symposium so if you guys are interested and if I get a slot if you guys want to come out I will let you know if you're interested. Okay, that's exciting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that means we get to all meet again. Hello. <laughs> you don't have to be just Tuesday friends. <laughs> I'm scared. Like, what if like all the information, all the theories that I've been giving have been wrong? <laughs> and someone no. called me out. <laughs> it's like, hey, it's a time to learn if that happens. Like, I think my biggest fear would be my brother being here. I'll, like out of nowhere, I'd be like, oh, I talked about him. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that you've enjoyed um, and that you've learned something. If you are interested in learning about more of the theories that Derek has discussed, um, as well as getting like images of the people that we talked about, that will all be in show notes for you guys to review. Um, yeah. Oh, <laughs> 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 yeah. My guy. What? Oh, the guy? What was that? The white guy with the plastic. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So all of that supplemental material will be in show notes if you guys are interested in looking that up. Um, thank you again for listening. We hope to come back. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, that was really deep. Oh, what happened? <laughs> that was really cool. I hit puberty for like a second. <laughs> Bye. Bye.